of the Lord rest upon each one. Thank God and thank God and thank God. Wonderful Savior, wonderful Savior. What a great God we serve. And everybody said praise the Lord. You have a Bible tonight. Turning to 1 Corinthians, chapter 2. Good spirit of worship and praise here tonight. We want to entertain the presence of Almighty God. Thank you, Lord. Truly no other place I'd rather be than in the house of God and be a part of worshiping Him, magnifying His name that's above every name. 1 Corinthians, chapter 2. going to begin reading with verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to eliminate a little negativity in verse 5. In other words, that your faith should stand in the power of God, that your faith should stand in the power of God. And everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. You can be seated. The Lord bless you. That's what the apostle is inspired to tell us through the word here that he's saying, I don't want your faith to stand in men or the wisdom of men. I don't want it to be built around the things of the world. I don't want those things to be your excitement, or where you look to for answers or deliverance. He's saying, I, I want your faith to stand in the power of God. What exactly is helping you to, to, to keep going? What's keeping you standing up? What's keeping you on your feet? What's keeping you constantly involved is your faith in the power of God. Uh, tonight, we have so much to be thankful for especially as we look back, my wife and I, over 40-odd years of being in the church, and uh, of course, uh, Brother and Sister Weekly, about 50-odd years of uh, looking back, being in the church, Sister Mace, many, many years, so much to be faithful for.
so many wonderful miracles that we've been able to see with our eyes, so many things that we've been a part of in prayer and uh, knowing and seeing the uh, demonstration, as he said here, didn't come with an excellency of speech. You know, I've heard guys and they everything is about poetry or or some witticism or something of that nature, or maybe they want to pull in some uh, bit of science or something. And I'm not against a little seasoning on the on the sermon. I'm not saying that, but I'm trying to tell you that that's not where my faith is at. That's not that's not what I'm looking to. I'm not looking to science. Even one place said falsely so-called. I'm I'm not looking to the intellect of man. I'm not interested in the inventions that people come up with, and I especially want to be wary of the tremendous leaps that they're making in technology nowadays. I don't want to be wowed by that. I don't want to be overtaken by that. I don't want to look to that. I don't want that to be where I feel like that's keeping me propped up, that's keeping me standing. I want to know that it's God. I want to realize and keep it strong in my heart that the earth itself is standing in its place by the word of Almighty God. Amen. My faith should stand in the power of God. He said that after that, a person would repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that that person would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And Jesus foretold that, and he said, you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And uh, he talked to them in verse 1 and 8, chapter 1, verse 8. He talked to them uh, through his word, and he made it clear that after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. And you can be a power, uh, one fellow said, a power witness, to be able to talk to people in the power of the Holy Ghost and know that it's God that's dealing with their heart. Things that we cannot do, uh, walls that we cannot break down, prison doors that we cannot open, yet the Holy Ghost can. The power of God can. The Word of God can. And that's where our faith is at. It's not in the inventions of men. It's not in the technology of this world. Uh, There are people that every day, you know, I I wonder sometimes, I really do, I wonder sometimes what uh, our young people are doing. I, I worry, why aren't they here sometimes on a Friday night? Where are you? What are you doing? What, what's got your attention? What's wowing you? you got to realize that your faith and you stand by your faith in God's power. It's not going to be by a video game. It's not going to be by a technology. It's not going to be by a phone or a computer or some kind of social media. You stand by God's power and you need to recognize that. You have faith in that. You need to be looking down the eternal road that's stretched out before you. Amen. Amen. There are many that have, in time past, they had faith in God. And they stood by that faith. They, with, they withstood all kinds of pressure, whether it was peer pressure coming from family or from friends or anything else, uh, just the pressure of how the world does it. And they, they stood. They stood against it. And they, they would not bend, bow, or buckle, or compromise in any way, shape, or form. But there came a day when, uh, when they were not as attentive in their church going. And they were not giving as good an ear to the uh, Word of God as they should have been. And things that they at one time were excited about that were built around God 
that no longer gripped them. That wasn't what they were excited about. I asked a man one time, how are you feeling today, good, bad, or indifferent? And he said, indifferent. Well, at least he was honest. He was still honest to, a, to some degree. And uh, he was very indifferent uh, to the things of God. Very, he became very distant and very contrary to those things. He died with a remote in his hand, looking at ball games, playing games, you know, going out into eternity. You better wake up here. There are spirits that will, will deaden your spiritual senses. There are spirits that will take out of you the zeal and the love of God that you should have in your heart. Okay? The enemy wants to steal that. And he, along with two things that you will find out about the devil, and they, they are two strong characteristics about them. Number one, he's a liar. In other words, he's the father of lies. I've, I've seen people that will believe a lie of the devil just like that. But you've got to struggle to get them to believe the good word of God. You've got to struggle to get that word in their heart that they'll rise up in faith and stand and believe in God and what he's saying and what he's doing. Amen. Jesus told a man, called a man one time, a, a man without sneakiness, a man without guile. A man without deceit. And uh, the man said, whence do you know me? Well, if he knew who he was talking to, he wouldn't have asked that question now, would he? But he was talking to God in the flesh. He was talking to the Christ. And where do you know me from? And Jesus made it clear. He said, I, I knew you before you were sitting on that big tree you were sitting under. And that was out of Jesus' uh, natural line of sight. But he knew right where the man was sitting. He knew right where he was at. And let me tell you, God knows right where you're sitting. He knows everything about you. He knows your internal struggles. He knows the things that are uh, getting all mixed up in your mind. And I'm telling you, your faith can stand by the power of God. The power of God can throw that devil right out on his rump. And he needs to be thrown out. You hear me? He needs to be casted out. You need to, you need to trust in God's great power to unravel every mystery, to untie every knot, to absolutely prop you up and stand you up on your two feet and realize that I'm built upon a rock. I'm not built upon the sand. I'm not built upon something wishy-washy. I'm built upon something solid, something solid, something that's going to be there when I need it. Let me tell you, there are things, there are things, that people believed in and trusted in for years that they come to find out that wasn't true, wasn't true at all. Uh, we celebrated for many a year a certain day of the and month of the year for Christopher Columbus Day, only to find out that old Chris didn't ever make it here, that he didn't discover America. Well, Granted, that's not a great big deal, and it doesn't Im impact us that much now, does it? Except that if we don't get that day off, maybe. But, but other than that, it's no great big deal. But there are things that people have put their faith in. There were people got on a, on a great big old uh, ocean liner, and they put their faith in that that ocean liner was the ocean liner that God couldn't sink. And it promptly sunk. You know. And that was a terrible thing, a lesson for them to have to learn, wasn't it? They paid with their lives. The water was so cold that if you were in the water uh, with that ship going down, you wound up in the water, you were dead within 60 minutes. 
That's how cold the North Sea waters were, the temperature. Let me tell you something. There's a deadly spirit out there that's after your soul, and he wants to pull you down to that place called hell. And as somebody's pointed out many a time, into the sides of the pit. He wants to put you in the most miserable place in hell. And for people that know truth, it's going to be the most miserable place in hell because your memory is going to beat you every day knowing that you used to go to church, knowing that you had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to lift your heart with your hands to shout, to dance, and to worship, and to sing, and to praise, and to be a part of the great work of God. And all you can do is twiddle your thumbs. All you can do is mental gymnastics about something else somewhere else. Wake up to how great our God is. To how wonderful it is to be in the church. How wonderful it is to have an opportunity to live for God. There are people that believe that uh, Paul being attacked, that's what's so silly about it, they don't even recognize that, I guess, but they're, they're so strong in their uh, belief about something that the Bible doesn't teach, that it causes them to look at other scriptures and twist those scriptures and see them in an, an unspiritual light. There are people that want to play with snakes. Some people play with snakes. Some people play with knives and sharp, sharp instruments. They mutilate themselves. They cut themselves. There are people that play with snakes and, you know, they want to see if they can, I guess, dodge being bitten by that serpent and it's supposed to demonstrate something. I'd like to know what taking a knife or a pin or some sharp instrument and mutilating yourself actually proves. You know, I'd like to know, what, what is it, a tolerance to pain? What, what is it? What are we saying exactly here? Or what are we what are we trying to express? Is there something inside you can't get out? You need to be in a Holy Ghost service and you need to praise God and you need to open your mouth and use those vocal cords. And I, somebody said on the radio today that that when you get the when you get the Holy Ghost and you speak in tongues, that it's coming from your belly. And I'm like, you don't even know what the Bible meant when it said your belly, you silly thing. That it's not coming from your mind. Of course it's coming from your mind. God's sending it through your mind. Learn what's going on. God wants to use your mind. He wants to use your mouth. He wants to use your tongue. He wants to use your heart and praise. But you got people out there that don't know what they're saying. They want to be an expert. They want to be an expert on everything. And they don't know what they're talking about. And they confuse the hearts of the simple. People get very mixed up. They throw people into battles. Be seated. They throw people into battles. And they cause, they cause people to wander in the wilderness in circles. You don't think that happened in, the, in your Bible? You should read about them that came out of Egypt and all the things that they went through and fought their way through in following the leadership. And, you know, they... they there was, there was a spirit that was questioning everything that Moses did. Now everybody sitting here saying, well, I would never question Moses. Okay, right, okay. Same old spirit, I'm telling you. Same old spirit that was back then and right now. <laughs> Same old spirit. And, you know, when you, when you, they did not go as a, as a crow flies from Egypt to the promised land. Not at all. They, it was a rather winding route. And there was reasons for that. 
congregation maybe wasn't always privy to what those reasons were. Well, I got news for you. There are times that we experience things that if you'll thank God and praise God, though you may not understand why, that you'll find out that maybe you'll get to find out. Maybe God will bless you and reveal to you, or at some point in the rearview mirror of hindsight, you'll realize, oh, man. You know, but your faith at the moment is through the power of God is what's making you stand right at that moment when you don't see, when you're unaware, when it hasn't dawned on you yet, you haven't got your understanding open to it yet. But I tell you that it's not, I don't want to try to, to build my life on man's wisdom and man's thinking and, God forbid, man's gossip. You know, I don't want to build a house out of something as flimsy as that. You've read in your Bible, no doubt, and Job's writings contain about how a man would, would lean on the wall and it would just be made of spider webs and it would just fall right, you'd just fall right through. It was just, so to speak, tissue paper thin. There was no, there was no kind of support there. There was no kind of strength there. I know that there was, um, we were talking about at the new building, the drum pit, and asking about certain things we could do. Pastor opposite said, can't do that. And, I, you know, I'm like, why not? And he said, because it, there's nothing there to hold or to support, you know. Well, let me tell you something. In your life, you're going to find out that the support that you need is, is your faith standing in the power of God. There is, we do have a power of God, and I'm so glad for it. I'm going to tell you again, we went to uh, the hospital, and uh, we had prayer for Brother Small, and we gave him a prayer cloth. And I'm telling you, I've been between the, the uh, intensive care unit that he was in, and then to be moved up to a room that we went to, and to see him with all of this machinery and all of these wires and a thing coming straight out of the top of his head, another one going down his throat. I mean, all kinds of things going on there. And uh, to see that and to just close your eyes to man's endeavors and to pray and, to, and people all around you hearing you and you're praying and in their midst of their little sanctum of their intensive care unit and you're bringing the real intensive care. You're bringing the power of God. You're bringing something that can do something for him. Amen. Well, the other day, uh, we were, had come from having prayer, and uh, I, it, I, it was it was rough. I had to I had to you know just cooperate and go to Dollar Tree. And it was really tough, and I but I drew the line. I drew the line. I said, I'll stay here at the curb. You go on in. So anyway, but I got a phone call, and uh, I'm trying. I can't remember all the exact um, chronological way of things went, but somewhere in there, I got a phone call from Sister Small, and she. I said, "Hey, I've been waiting for you to call." And she said, "Well, I just got here." And she said, um, "She said they they took him and he walked all over the hospital, and they took the thing out of his throat, and." Uh, I said, <laughs> you know, and so you know, I'm bouncing off the walls here. You know, I'm just so happy and so excited. 
and my emotions are just being thrown all over the place. And then, and then he got on the phone and he talked to me, and I'm like, "Whoa, man!" <laughs> you know. <laughs> and the one of the real miracles was I understood what he said. Now, when before he got sick and he was here, I could never understand what Brother Small said unless he was talking about yams. Other than that, I could really most of the time understand that Barbadian accent was worse than the Jamaican accent. And I just couldn't, I couldn't get what he said so many times. But on the phone, having a tube down his throat for God knows how long. That alone will take your voice away. Never mind a, you know, a grand mall stroke. And as Sister Salita said, a bleed, you know. Well, I assume that means a hemorrhage. And uh, all the different things that happened to him and racked his body. And to hear him talk to me, man, that was something, church family. I'll tell you what. That was something. Woo! Our faith stands by the power of God. Amen. Amen. Not too long ago, you can, not too long ago, I, I, uh, we decided that we'd give, I'd been very sick, as you know, I'd lost 60 pounds, and, uh, I, we went to a, I'll confess to you, why not? We went to an acupuncturist. And the reason we did it was because it's supposed to be holistic. There's no, there's no prescription drugs involved or anything like that. They just put a little pin in you here and there, and you take a 20-minute nap. Well, you know, power naps are good, you know. So, okay. Very nice uh, lady. Remind you of Wallon down here. Very nice lady and doctor and, and uh I think there was a Haitian girl that was at the front desk, very nice. Matter of fact, I think her name was Marie. And uh, we witnessed to them, we talked to them. And I remember telling the doctor, I said, I'm praying for you. Did you put that needle in the right place? No, <laughs> I'm praying for you, I said, that, uh, <laughs> that God will use you to give me a healing. And she came out and told Senior Sitzfeld, I've never seen it work so fast. That's what she said. I've never seen it work so fast. Well, you know what? I've seen it work fast. I've seen God do it just like that. And evidently, God did it just like that. Because I got better, and that doctor was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, what's going on here? Let me tell you, church family, our faith stands in the power of God. Amen and amen and amen. 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 Sister... Ann told me recently that her son, Billy, whom we baptized in Jesus' name, uh, he, he has not only broken his neck once, but he broke it twice. Now, I don't know if you know how serious a broken neck is, but, you know, just a, a little bit more tweak on something like that, and most of the time you die. And, uh, but we prayed for him. And God brought him through the first time. And we were very thankful for that. And then I guess he wanted to help my faith and prove God again. And he went and broke his neck again. And, uh, but I do believe in, in, you know, not putting the club in the devil's hand or taking it out of his hand. And the second time he, he broke his neck because he was walking his mother's dog. And the dog took off and ran him right smack into a tree. And broke his neck. And I said, time for the dog to go. 
well, <clears throat> my disciple back there wasn't quite feeling that. You know, she wasn't feeling the dog. She was feeling the dog, dog. <laughs> and so <laughs> I told her, I said, I, I begged her. I said, get rid of that dog. Please get rid of the dog. I feel it. Get rid of it. Oh, now, and then all the mushy, mushy starts coming in, you know. And so, sure enough, sure enough, the dog attacked the owner and chewed her face up like hamburger meat. And um, who, guess who wind up, wound up assisting to sew her up? Moi. Hmm. I've had stitches in my life, but I've never sewn stitches in my life. So I got the seamstress thing going on that night with the doctor. Here, you hold this. Okay. Uh, hold this. Do this. Uh, okay. Oh, man, I'm right here. I'm doing it. I'll do whatever you say. And uh, and we got Sister Ann stitched up and fixed up. And, and thank God she got rid of the dog. <laughs> and she's here to tell the story. <laughs> I was pretty getting kind of worried that she wasn't going to be around to testify anymore if we didn't get rid of that dog. But um, what I'm trying to say to you is that, church family, our faith has got to stand in the power of God. Our faith has got to stand in His power. There are things that He can do and does that nobody else can do and that nobody else is ever going to be able to do. I don't care. And I'm glad for research. I'm glad for advancements. You know, they said the other day in the newspaper, they said that um, it's 50 years and so a lot of people are uh, celebrating uh, the assassination, I guess, or maybe not the assassination, but the fact that he was president uh, John F. Kennedy, and uh, who had a home over here in Palm Beach. And we used to have a general contractor that helped us here. And he actually worked at the house right next to that mansion. And he actually met John F. Kennedy because he came up to the wall between the two houses and leaned on it, watched the guy working. And, and the guy <laughs> looked up and he's like, hey, that's John F. Kennedy. And uh, I think he might have been senator at that time. And he got to talk to him. And I asked him, what's your impression of the man? And he said, just a regular guy, just a regular guy. And I said, okay. And so now after these 50 years of him being killed, there's been a lot of uh, research done, a lot of uh, memorabilia coming out and a lot of articles and what have you. And somebody said um, that he, he gave us the moon and a world full of responsibilities. Well, I appreciate what they said and what they meant was that through the fact that he stood behind uh, space exploration and research that, you know, they got the rocket built that took him up to the moon, the people, whoever walked on the moon first and all of that. And uh, that was a great thing, okay? Uh, but I want to tell you something, church family. We can give you more than the moon. We can, and your knowledge of the book and your faith that stands in the power of God, you can give more than the moon. The moon, the moon is close, <laughs> To where you can take people beyond that. We can take people to the, as Paul said, the third heaven. We can take you to paradise. We can take you to the throne of God. We can take you to the side of the north where the devil thought he was going to ascend to. And God said, you're not ascending up there, pal. I'm going to cast you down. And he cast that great dragon down. And you and I got to contend with that liar every day. And along with being a liar, he's a thief. And don't you ever forget it. And it's not so much money. He does that too. But he wants to steal your faith. He wants to steal your walk with God. He wants to steal your peace of God in your heart. Who wants to do that? Amen. And you young men, he wants to steal your masculinity. You hear me? 
and he wants to steal your femininity, young ladies, you better tell yourself that you're not going to let the devil do that. That your, your faith in the things that this Bible teaches, that it stands by the power of God. That you're not just going to teeter-totter and fall over at every little new person that comes along, whatever his or her name is, doing their little jig and singing their little song. You've got a song to sing, you hear me? You've got the Word of God to stand on. You've got the great things of God to have faith in. Have faith in. Have faith in. Amen and amen. So you can remain standing so that your faith should stand. Your faith will stand on the power of God. That's what the undergirding is. That's what's holding us up. That's what's keeping us with internal strength to offset the external forces that are trying to crush us. Trying to crush us. And, uh, but we're not going to crush and we're not going to bend, bow, or buckle. Okay? We're not going to do that. And I want my memory to be whatever God is going to give me in that place called heaven. Because it'll be good. It won't be somebody in the opposite end, in that wrong place, where their memory is going to be given to them. And it's going to beat them with many stripes. Knowing what they had knowing what they were a part of, knowing what their opportunity was. You hear me? Think of that world without end and knowing that you could have been in, the, in heaven with Jesus, that you could have been where there will be no sorrow, no sickness, no pain, no suffering, no gossip. Won't that be a wonderful thing? Nothing to confuse your mind, your heart, Okay, there won't be any of that. That there'll just be the great love of God and the power of God and walk in the light of Him who saved us. Oh, friend, no sickness, no devil, no pain, no suffering. The former thing's going to be passed away, the book said. I want to be on that street of gold. I want to pass through those gates of pearl. Everybody said amen. Everybody said hallelujah. Give God a big hand. Amen. Amen. And amen. And amen. And everybody said praise the Lord. You know, the Bible talks about <clears throat> when you ought to be teachers. Okay? A lot of you young men, you're to the age you should be teaching Bible study. You should be sharing this truth. You two young ladies, you should be sharing this truth. I told one of our young ladies the other night, I'm sending you someplace and giving you an assignment to minister to somebody, and I said, remember, it's not about you. It's about the person you're going to be ministering to. You know? Sometimes you got to realize it's not all about me. You know, you got to get a burden. you got to get a burden for people that are struggling with all kinds of things, and that here you are having the peace of God that can rule in your heart if you'll allow it to. It'll calm all of those terrible tidal waves of doubt that beat against you. And you can dispel that. I told you about my pastor's wife, riding, I'm closing, riding along in the car, torrential downpour, two-lane road, and couldn't see anything out of that windshield, no matter how fast the wipers were beating, the rain was that bad. Couldn't see the, the line in front of the car, nothing. <laughs> and my pastor was driving, and... 
he didn't mind about things like that, but I'm sure it was still a bit of a struggle. And uh, all of a sudden, Sister Dunn just threw out her arm, and she said, I've had enough of this in Jesus' name. And he said it quit raining just like that. And he, he just went, take a lot to wow my pastor. And he was like, okay, <laughs> you got my attention, girl. <laughs> yeah, well, she got God's attention. And let me tell you something. When you're in the torrential rain and the forces of hell and darkness are beating against you, you better remember something. You, your faith stands by the power of God. Your belief system is built on the power of God and that God can help you through your situation. And maybe you better realize that your problem isn't so much the other person, that your problem is that stinking devil, that he's agitating things. And he's running your mind like a dishwasher, do you hear me? Or like a, a, a clothes hanger washer, or whatever you call those things. A washing machine. All right, there you go. I got that truck backer-upper thing going on. That's what the little boy said. He wanted to be a truck backer-upper. All right, well, whatever. You just tell yourself, put your finger on what's the real problem. And the real problem is there's a real devil. And you have power over him. You have all power over him through the Holy Ghost if you would just let your faith stand on that power, okay? That you rely on that power of the Holy Ghost. And everybody said amen. amen. I'm going to tell you right now, sometimes that umbrella don't do a lick of good, does it? Because the wind just turns it right side up, and there you are getting rained on like crazy. Sometimes the wind is whipping the rain that goes underneath the umbrella and you get all kinds of wet in spite of your umbrella. Well, I'm trying. I know for myself of a young man that got off a bus to come to church, a regular city palm train type bus, he, and it was pouring rain. And guys watched him. He ran from that bus all the way to the church house doors and got in, and not one drop ever got on him. Not one wetness his hair. He had a fro. Not one bit of water was dripping off that man. I'm telling you, my God has power to do all kinds of things. If you, He just slept off the bus and said in Jesus' name. He wasn't worried about getting wet. He's worried about getting to church. Amen. Come on. Amen. 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 And amen. He's a great God. Remember, your faith can cause you to stand because of God's power, because you're putting your faith in His power. Don't put your faith in all these other things in this world. You hear me? College is a means to an end. Education is a means to an end. Your job is a means to an end. The end is all about going to heaven. The end is all about getting the work of God accomplished. That's what everything's for. That's what you're qualifying yourself for. It's not about the job. It's about winning souls and going to heaven. Amen. It's just like money. It's not supposed to be all about money. Money's just a medium of exchange. And one day you're going to wake up and find out there is no more money. Right here in the book, they're going to change the medium of exchange. It's not going to be dollars and cents. Just like Germany woke up one day and their, and, and their form of uh, wasn't dollars and cents. They called it marks. And it wouldn't have mattered if you had a, a hundred boxcar train load filled with marks in that day in Germany. It wasn't worth anything because they changed the system. We are living in a world that's changing the system. 
And I'm telling you, you're going to find out one day. And people are going to sell their souls. And they're going to sell their family. They're going to be treacherous. They're going to be betrayers. They're going to sell people out because they want to be in a position where they can get things in a system that is being promoted by the enemy. And I'm telling you, you've got to tell yourself, how are we going to eat? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do it? Your faith stands in the power of God. That's how. How are we going to get through the Red Sea? There's a rod going to be lifted and there's a God that's going to honor it and God's going to make the way. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. I well remember it wasn't too many weeks ago that we were told in Sister Mesa's room at the place, the hospital type place, that said, she's had a major, major stroke. Well, has, has anybody ever had that and walked again? Well, you know, not really. I've never really seen that. But, you know, you know, well, guess what? I just simply said, yeah, well, if it was a major stroke, we'll just get a major miracle. And we have a major miracle. Thank God. Thank God. Our faith stands by the power of God. Brother Small, our faith stands by the power of God. And everybody said amen. amen. Come on now. Lift your hearts with your hands. Let's worship him and bless him and make our way to the front. Let's magnify the name of Jesus. Name above every name. There is power in the name.